Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing another recent rom-com that is trying to be an older rom-com. In this case, this movie is trying to be a film from 1969 called Cactus Flower with Walter Matthau, Ingrid Bergman, and Goldie Hawn. Now think very hard about this when I explain, when I show you the cast of this movie. Just go with it from 2011, starring Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston and Brooklyn Decker. Remember when Brooklyn Decker was a whole thing? Like her whole thing was that she was hot and in every movie that's all anybody talked about. Yeah, she was like kind of a post-Alice Eve institution. Yes, yes, totally. And also like at the end of the movie, she meets like the guy that she really ends up with, which is not Adam Sandler and it's Andy Roddick. And it's Andy Roddick because that's her actual husband. She like gets on the plane and <laughs> meets her husband in this movie. Which is so extra. <laughs> but also like completely fitting with the way that everything works in this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have we have Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, um, which I feel like I I was realizing that I was kind of surprised I hadn't seen them interact on screen more often. Yeah, I thought they were really great together. Yeah, like they have a really good comedic chemistry. um, And it feels obvious to me that they are friends on some level. Like the way that their emotional chemistry works on screen, it feels like, okay, you can tell when actors fuck with each other as people. Because they were having fun. Oh, yeah. This movie, like, there are a lot of Adam Sandler movies where he's just obnoxious. But in this movie, like, like as a person, as a person of uncut gems experience, I have to say that, like, he's super fucking hot in that movie. And I remember telling people that and then being so, like, annoyed and confused as to why I thought Adam Sandler was hot. This movie is a great reminder that he is hot. He just doesn't put any effort into how he dresses and makes a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, Adam Sandler is hot. That's that's why it's infuriating sometimes when he makes really stupid shit and like wears the same cargo pants. Not because he owes his hotness, but because he can do so much better as an actor, as a comedian, and as a an attractive gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Because like... Uh, okay, so, oh, also Nick Swartzen is in this, unfortunately. You know, I do appreciate that Adam Sandler is very loyal to his friends. I mean, that's something that, you know, is very um, admirable about him. But the fact that he spent like a decade trying to make Nick Swartzen happen is just proof that, you know, sometimes friendship has its limits. You know, you got you to gotta pack it in. No, I absolutely agree. Like, I love the fact that he's loyal, but I also don't like some of his friends. <laughs> so I don't think that they're as funny as him. I don't think that they are. Yeah, I just don't think that they're as good as him and they don't really bring other things to the table to make up for that. So 
it's kind of painful watching him be so loyal and kind and then like these bros just kind of be there. So this is directed by a longtime friend and collaborator of Adam Sandler, Dennis Dugan, who uh, has directed many films. Wow. Like, we're probably going to have to bring... We're probably going to be naming him again on the podcast based on this. He directed Problem Child, which is actually a, a favorite of mine. I actually think Problem Child is really funny. Um, Brain Donors, Happy Gilmore, Beverly Hills Ninja, Big Daddy, Saving Silverman, which we're definitely doing. It's been on my list to do for a very long time. National Security, The Bench Warmers. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which we already did. You Don't Mess with the Zohan, Grown Ups, Jack and Jill, and Grown Ups 2. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this is an Adam Sandler head. And, like, the thing about Dennis Dugan is that, like, he's generally a bad director, but I think that Problem Child is a good movie. I think that Big Daddy is a good movie. I think Happy Gilmore is a good movie. And I think the problem with him, like, post post Big Daddy, I would say, the issue with Dennis Dugan is that he makes, like, part of a good movie and then part of a terrible movie, and he doesn't know which part is good. Like, for Just Go With It, I would say that the first hour is unbearable, but the second hour is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. Like, the beginning of it is very hard to watch for a lot of reasons. And just, like, the, the comedy feels lazy and predictable, and the scenes even just the scene structures feel kind of thrown together um, and like the emotional dynamics. And then it's like the second half, you actually get to see like, who is Adam Sandler? Who's Jennifer Aniston? Um, You know, what, why do they fuck with each other? What is Brooklyn Decker doing? Like you, you get to actually know the characters, um, but it takes a long time to get there. It really does. And so the, so the cold open of this, once again, um, oh, I should mention that before we decided to do this movie, we were going to do a movie called The Wrong Missy, which is a happy Gilmore effort that does not have Adam Sandler in it. It does, however, have his wife, Jackie Sandler, who has a huge role in it. And um, Jackie Sandler is also the, the the character in the cold open. There's a woman who, like, Adam Sandler is about to marry and you see that she's, like, talking shit about him to her bridesmaids and that she's fucking another guy. And that woman is Jackie Sandler. <laughs> His wife plays that character. Yeah, I like... I mean, again, it's, like, one of those issues of loyalty where I think it's really sweet that he puts her in things, but... The thing about Jackie Sandler is that I've never... She has only done one good performance, and it's in Eight Crazy Nights. She's Her voice work is so good in Eight Crazy Nights that I thought it was Jennifer Aniston. And, like, I was just like, what is... Like, so I feel like no one told her that she should just stay with cartoons. She's very good with cartoons. Yeah. She doesn't need to be in person. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's, like, also that chicken-egg thing where she's included in some of the worst Happy Madison projects. So, which isn't to say that she has, like, this incredible, you know, acting range that is untapped. 
I don't know. But like, it's like that combination of like, she doesn't really have the experience. And then she's in these projects that even super seasoned actors have a hard time making good or fun. Um, And like you said, you know, she could just stick to voice acting. But yeah, it is funny that he has her play his wife who ends up not being his wife because she cheated on him. And he overhears this right before they're going to get married. Um, That she like, doesn't really love him. Like she's been sleeping with someone else and is basically marrying him because like, it seems like what she should do. And he's going to be a cardiologist. He's like, he's like the kind of guy that you marry because it's like, he's going to be a good dad. He's not going to cheat on me. He's not going to beat me. Just like a very like low tier. It's just like, if I'm going to settle for someone, it might as well be him. And like, that's really unfair. Like the thing is, is that early 1900s way to think about marriage. Like it was very, like, I remind, what year is this? Like, it reminded me, there's this movie called Miami Blues that I watched recently that had been, like, recommended to me, and I didn't really like it that much. But it's just basically this woman spending all this time with this terrible sociopath played by Alec Baldwin. And when he di- when he gets killed at the end, the cop is like, why were you with him for so long? And she was like, he ate anything that I cooked for him, and he didn't hit me. Yeah. yeah that i remember that movie it was wild that that line was like so depressing but also yeah i mean i know people even now who kind of have that perspective and i'm like you could just not get married yeah you don't have to you don't have to get married like it's really not like getting married is honestly a huge headache this is to me as a person who's been engaged for over a year before like when are you what are you planning i'm not planning shit like i don't you and i and a few other of your close friends are just gonna get secret drunk somewhere and then the next day you and kyle are gonna have a super cute party yeah yeah, that's probably that's the plan. The shorthand, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's so stressful. It it is, and so yeah, it's so weird to me that like all that trouble to marry a man that you don't like, and he's just like so nice. Like when you finally like meet him, he's nice. He just has like they, he's wearing, um, a, he's wearing a big prosthetic nose. It's like. Yeah, the beginning of the movie, there's, like, a whole thing about his nose, and it's, like, huge, and, and you know, he gets rejected. And it's, like, the family nose, because his sister has the nose, too. Yeah, and, like, you know, it's one of those things where it would feel really anti-Semitic if somebody who wasn't Jewish was making these jokes, but you're just like, okay, this is happening, this is Adam Sandler, and then... um he ends up basically after the wedding doesn't go through, he ends up getting a surgery to make his nose smaller. And then he has this whole pickup artist thing where he pretends he's still married to pick up women and like just wears his wedding ring and, and tells these stories about his wife, you know, cheating on him or them falling out of love so that he can have these one night stands with women who aren't interested in a relationship. Yeah, because, like, he basically, he do, the first person he does it to, which is on accident, is, like, Minka Kelly. And he still has the nose. And, like, Minka, Minka Kelly, like, <laughs> this, like, one scene wonder Minka Kelly walks into this bar and everyone's trying to fuck her. And she's so irritated. And then, meanwhile, sweet old Adam Sandler is just like, you dropped your purse. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, my God. He picked up my purse. 
and he's married. I know. I was so like, I felt so worried for her. I was like, how traumatized are you that this is, you know, like this is the bar. But at the same time, I feel like that is a very real experience um, where you're just so exhausted by people and then you're in a bar and there's creepy men and then there's somebody who's nice and you're like, oh, fuck it. Do you want to make out? Like, <laughs> this is exhausting. Yeah, yeah. That was just so, um, so ridiculous. And it was, of course, you know, the light bulb moment for Adam Sandler's character. Like, this is how I'm going to deal with the heartbreak of, you know, not having my marriage. And that is in the original film. That's what Walter Matthau does with Goldie Hawn. He pretends to be married because it's like she's younger and like it allows him like some space or whatever. And then he realizes that he actually wants her and then he has to like deal with this whole lot. And it's basically the same plot, except that in Cactus Flower, Walter Matthau was a dentist and Ingrid Bergman is his like dental assistant. And like, it's so wild that that Jennifer Aniston is playing the Ingrid Bergman role. (laughs) It's like, could you imagine yeah, that's such different casting. Mm. Yeah, it's going for, like, a whole different vibe, which I think kind of works for this. So he's, like, a plastic surgeon. She's the assistant. And, like, I actually really appreciate his opinions on plastic surgery because a lot of guys are really shitty about it. But he's just like, no, it's totally fine. I had it. It's totally normal. Like, there's a scene later where it's a party and he's like showing Brooklyn Decker, like all the people. And he's just like, I did work on this person. I did work on that person. And like, it's totally normal. So many people around you have had work done and it's totally fine. And it's so like chill about it, which I I like. Yeah. He's not like the trope of the creepy plastic surgeon. Who's like, I will mold women's bodies, you know, but he's also not like this weird moralistic character who judges people and thinks that they're stupid or shallow or, you know, he's just like very much, this is his job (laughs) and people are going to do what they do. And, you know, sometimes there's like a specific medical reason. Sometimes there's not, and it doesn't really matter. It's not his business. Yeah, the only person that he ever scolds is, like, Kevin Nealon, and that's just because Kevin Nealon's... Kevin Nealon, his plastic surgery is so wild that I did not know it was him. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah, like, with Kevin Nealon, it's, it's like, he's had so much work done on his face that he can't really move it, and it's it's just, like, one of those things where it's obviously not good for him. And so Adam Sandler is just like, hey, man, like, I think maybe you should lay off. It's kind of one of those things where it seems like an addiction. Um, yeah, yeah. I was getting some like Mickey Rourke vibes from like, I feel like that was like a way that was like making fun of Mickey Rourke, which everyone in Hollywood makes fun of Mickey Rourke, which like also, by the way, just in case you don't know, Mickey Rourke got all that work done because he was a boxer and like really fucked up his face, which is a thing like when you're an actor, you're not supposed to be a boxer because people hit you in the face. Yeah, and that's <laughs> your bag. Your face is your bag, you know. <laughs> you're going to do work to preserve it. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of conversations around that, of course. But um, if you're getting literally punched in the face, you're probably going to need work eventually. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we got Jennifer Aniston here. She's got, like, these two kids 
One wants to be an actress. I don't remember what the other one's deal is. The other one's deal is just like a regular kid, I guess. Yeah, he's like a regular kid. And I think he's supposed to be kind of the more sardonic one. Like uh, when they were first introduced, the young actress one is like talking about wanting to be an actress. And then the other kid says that he likes the show Californication. (laughs) And I was like, wow. First of all, what a 2011 reference. Um, Second of all, just imagining this like, eight-year-old watching Californication is so funny to me. <laughs> okay, yeah, I watched a lot of Californication, like, around this time. Like, I actually was that kid watching Californication, and it's... I mean, in 2011, I was, like, 19. Yeah, so, I, mean, I was... So that's not the same. <laughs> I was a little bit older. You're not older, Jordan. 19 and 8 are very different. <laughs> oh, the kid is supposed to be 8? <laughs> The, the little girl is like 11 or something and the kid is younger. I can't tell how old those kids are supposed to be, to be honest with you. I can never tell with kids. Um, but yeah, like they're nice kids. Um, just to yeah. say their names, they, they, they're they still working. So like, uh, you know, Bailey, Madison, Griffin, Gluck, you know, Griffin Gluck was on, was on American Vandal. So like, they're still, they're still doing it. Good for them. Oh, yeah. Like eventually once they're drinking age, they become people and I will pay attention to them as yes, people. We will acknowledge them at that point as such. <laughs> um, yeah. Now they're, now they're placeholders for their future selves. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, it, it basically the movie is it starts out with the whole wedding shebang. And then Jennifer Aniston, you know, she is divorced and she has her two kids and her and Adam Sandler are very close. But she's also very openly critical of the way that he lies to get laid. Um, you know, she just like calls him out. She's like, why are you doing this? Like, eventually you're going to get caught. And like, also, what is the point of this? You know, at what point? is having all of this sex even worth it if you have to go to so such lengths? Um. Yeah, I mean, so he meets Brooklyn Decker and they have... And then they have a connection and they spend the night together. And it's like this whole thing where they like fall in love and like talk on the beach all night and then fuck and then wake up on the beach. Now, here's my problem with that. Brooklyn Decker, you know, lovely woman. Um, I'm sure she does great performances and other things. This is not the place. Like, she's playing the Goldie Hawn role, and that's a huge shoes to fill. And she is, she does not have what it takes, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, she she doesn't. And I also, I mean, again, this is one of those situations where it's hard to tell where one thing starts and the other ends, but I also feel like the dialogue for her was so weak. Um, And so, like, he didn't really have what it took to elevate it, but also there wasn't very much to elevate, whereas even, like, Jennifer Aniston's character has a lot more interesting things to say and do. Well, like, the, the script is written by two middle-aged men, Alan Loeb and Timothy Dowling, and it seems like their idea of, like, what young women are is, like, very condescending. It's weird. They they seem to have respect for older women who have had children, but they don't seem to have any respect for young women, which I guess is... I, I don't know. Maybe they respect older women because they respect their wives. I don't know what's going on with them. <laughs> I mean, to me, it read as 
fear-based. Um, like, there's such a crazy male gaze in this movie on Brooklyn Decker. Like, she is so much an object in this movie. And, like, you know, the object of Adam Sandler's lust and, like, everybody. Like, there's so many gratuitous shots of her, like, in a bikini and, like, other people being like, wow, she's hot. I get it. Um, that I feel like the writers, the screenwriters, they're writing about a young, attractive woman that they don't relate to, they don't know, and they're afraid of. And so she's just like very surface because they don't know her or they don't listen to her. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like older men don't meet younger women that are attractive. It's like often they get in their own way when it comes to interacting with young women in ways that are human. Yeah, like in Cactus Flower, Goldie Hawn is like, she's she's naive, but she's also just like really nice and funny and has interests and is bubbly. Like she has like a whole like thing. She seems like a whole person. Vivacious nature. Yeah. So it's like, sure, she's young, but she's like, she's got the pixie cut and like she's trying to be like more mature. And so she's hanging out with this older man because she's like, this is the mature adult woman that I want to be in. It's like very aspirational. And it's like something that you understand when you're in your 20s. I was like that when I was in my early 20s, where it's just like, I want to be adult. I want to go out with this serious man and have a serious conversation. And then, you know, eventually I realized that like older men are just as boring as men my age, which is something that you just it just takes time to learn that right and the ones that are actively trying to hang out with young women are usually even worse (laughs) exactly right and so like Brooklyn Decker also I think the thing about Cactus Flower is that so much of it is from Goldie Hawn's perspective like it actually pays attention to her in a way that just go with it doesn't we don't know what her perspective is we don't know what she wants all we know is that like her parents were divorced which is like, I feel like we talked about this last time too, this whole like, you're an adult person, but you're still broken up by your parents' divorce. Yeah, she she has this whole thing because like they have this night together and then um, Adam Sandler wants her to like reach into his pocket, his pants pocket, they're not on him anymore, um, to like leave her phone number. But then she sees his wedding ring that's in his pocket And so she thinks, you know, that he's cheating on a wife and she's like, my dad cheated on my mom. I can never be the other woman. And that's like, yeah, that's really the only foundational thing we know about her. And like you said, like the the movie is never from her. There's no scene that's from her perspective. There's really no revelatory dialogue about who she is because she's just the person that Adam is obsessed with. And everyone else has more conversations Everyone else has conversations about her that reveals more about them than any dialogue from her does. Yeah, and she, it's interesting, like, she, she's not even, like, really much of, like, a rival for his affections, because she doesn't really have it in her to, like... It's you get the feeling that she like wouldn't fight for him like if it really came down to it like it would be like <laughs> like I don't feel like she'd be like the person just like you have to choose me or her like she's just so passive in that way where I just feel like she'd be like oh well this is confusing I guess I'm just gonna go <laughs> yeah it's just weird like there's just really no connection between them and and the movie doesn't even really try to force us to think there is um like she's there so I guess that's the proof but it's like Like, they have and then she's upset and then he's confiding to Jennifer Aniston to be like I fucked up what do I do now um 
And like he creates this whole plan with Jennifer Aniston that Jennifer Aniston's going to pretend to be his ex-wife so that he can prove he's getting divorced, which is so crazy. Yeah, that 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 happens in Cactus Flower, except that like it's like more I don't know, like it, it's kind of similar, like. But the, yeah, in, in the old movie, like Ingrid Bergman and Walter Matthau fall in love and they fall in love in this very like familiar way where it's like they were kind of always in love and then didn't realize it, which is the thing here. The only thing is that like Adam Sandler is like even less mature than Walter Matthau's character was. So he just like, like he basically he falls in love with Brooklyn Decker because she's for lack of a better term, simple. Like, she doesn't annoy him, and he doesn't mind spending time with her. And for some reason, he thinks that that's what love is. And basically, Jennifer Aniston has to, like, show him that, like, no, you can actually have a deeper connection with the woman. I didn't, like, just in case you didn't know. Yeah, because, I mean, I think think my read is that he had that, or he thought he had that with his, his wife. Um, and then he found out she didn't have that with him and, and now his fear is in the way. So he just wants to be able to project a fantasy versus actually interface with a woman because maybe, maybe he thinks that a woman won't be into him and that's the fear because of his wife, or maybe he just doesn't trust women. Um, but yeah, it, with, with Brooklyn Decker, it's very much like she's super attractive and I can easily project my fantasy onto her. And she's, like, the kind of person that, like, when you think about, like, oh, this is this is my wife. Like, she seems, like, kind of like the art. Like, she reminds me a lot of, like, kind of like a Betty Draper kind of thing. Like, because, like, you watch Mad Men and you're just like, well, these two people have nothing in common. And the thing is, it's just that she was nice and she was blonde and she was, like, optimistic and she represented hope but she was just like a representation of something to him like not a person and so when don and betty break up it's like him like breaking up with that dream and that's what brooklyn decker is she's the dream she's the dream of the california wife yeah exactly and and it's like the whole time jennifer aniston it's interesting because like jennifer aniston what I like about her character is she calls Adam Sandler out, but she's also just like laughing at him. Like she's so unbothered. She's having a great time. <laughs> like she's so unbothered by him. She's not like, oh, how dare you, you piece of shit, misogynist. She's just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, and that feels realistic for who her character is. Like she doesn't have time to give a fuck about him, but she does because they're friends. Um, I really got her in this movie. Like, usually when I watch these movies, I don't identify with these white women. But, like, Jennifer Aniston, like, every line I was like, I get it. I get it. I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, like, she she was fantastic and so relatable in in the sense she's just like, it's not like her character gave up on love and is like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, too old or I have kids or I'm unlovable. She's just like busy. She works and she has kids and she doesn't really have time for bullshit. So, you know, she goes on some dates here or there, but, but she's just like, what are you doing, dude? And so she, she ends up agreeing. And I think really she agrees out of curiosity because she thinks it's so absurd. She agrees to pretend to be Adam Sandler's ex-wife. Um, for this one run-in, basically, to prove to Brooklyn Decker that he's telling the truth, that he's not currently with his wife. Um, 
Yeah, they go to Hawaii. It's him, well, Jennifer Aniston, Brooklyn Decker. After that, they have to have this series of like. Oh yeah, right. It takes a it takes a minute for them to go to Hawaii. Well, because okay, so they go to this dinner and like oh, and they think that they're done, and then. <laughs> And then wasn't it like she she gets a call from her kids and she doesn't hide that she has kids. And then Brooklyn Decker's like, oh, my God, you have kids. And then they have to bring the kids into it. Exactly. And then the kids have all these demands. So, like, basically, Adam Sandler's like getting blackmailed by the kids, which is super funny. And it's this whole thing now where it's like, oh, I guess I couldn't just have this one off. Now the whole family is involved. And and Brooklyn Decker wants to meet the kids super fast, which I think is unrealistic. She's such a fucking weirdo, this woman. Like, she, I think that Brooklyn Decker in this movie is a fucking weirdo. If I was dating a man who had kids, it d- doesn't matter how into him I am. I would not want to meet the kids until I knew if I really felt seriously about him. Because that... That's fucking up with the, that's fucking with the kids, you know. She spends one night with him and then like wants to marry. Like it's her idea for them to get married. Like he wants she wants to marry him. Like I feel like from minute one she wants to marry him. And it's so weird. Like like if I saw Adam Sandler, sure I'd be attracted. Sure I would want that dick. But I wouldn't like immediately be like I want to marry Adam Sandler. No, like like, he's definitely older than her and he's like wearing his cargo pants and lying. And you have to put on a nice outfit for me to ever consider marrying him. Like, like, it's just like, what is going on? The movie is so inconsistent in the way that on one hand, it has this intense gaze and phrases, phrases, uh, frames uh, Brooklyn Decker as like the ultimate love object. Right. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, it presents Brooklyn Decker as desperate and like she has no other options. And I'm like, okay, these two do not coexist. Like you need to finesse what you are doing with this. Yeah, it seems like I don't know. It's like she feels like she's gonna have like the most like I don't know, like pure existence with him. Like she seems to really um want this whole like I don't know, like like I want to be a wife. And I want to, like, pick out your clothes. And, like, it's so weird. It's like when like when they're on Hawaii, at Hawaii, she's just like, he's, there's a point where he's just like, I know that you're probably tired of the kids being around. And she's like, no, I love it. I love us all being together. I love Jennifer Aniston being here. And I'm just like, who is like this? No, it's absolutely a fantasy where, like, she has no needs or complexities and yet is so embracing of all of his baggage. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I love baggage. <laughs> like, absolutely. Of course, there are situations where, um, you know, a new partner, like, bonds with an ex or, like, loves the kids. And that's great. But it does not happen this fast. And it doesn't happen without some hard conversations. And it doesn't happen with this woman who's, like, gorgeous 15 years younger and supposedly I guess has no misgivings or no like like what like he's not if he was a really rich guy you know and she was trying to get that money sure maybe but like that like what is going on like they haven't even had time to have that deep of an emotional connection yeah I don't it's so so basically 
Yeah, one of the kids, um, the little boy, he has been wanting to go to Hawaii. And so he leverages this whole situation to his advantage. And when Brooklyn Decker meets him, he mentions like, oh, I've been trying to get my dad to take me to Hawaii, but he won't. And Brooklyn Decker trying to be the, you know, like beloved stepmom figure is like, really? And so she's giving Adam Sandler a hard time about it. So Adam Sandler agrees to take the kids, his quote, ex-wife, Jennifer Aniston and Brooklyn Decker to Hawaii, all of them together. What the fuck? I, what the fuck is this, man? (laughs) This is wild. It's so wild. It's so wild. And then they get to the airport and Nick Swardson, who is playing Adam Sandler's like cousin, BFF, annoying guy, um, is resident like, annoying guy yes he's doing this whole like fake accent that's awful and he um it's like pretending to be from belgium or something and pretending to be the guy that jennifer aniston cheated on adam sandler with but the real reason he's doing that is because he like hit on a woman who's married to a guy who wants to beat him up <laughs> like it's such a long walk to the bank <laughs> Yeah, they, it takes a lot of effort for Nick Swartzen to, like, show up. And the character that he... Because there is an analog for him in the original film. And he plays, like, Goldie Hawn's roommate, who's, like, age-appropriate for her and is, like, annoyed that she's dating, like, an old man and is constantly flirting with her. Like, that's the character that he's supposed to be. And I don't know why. It's, like, I guess because they want to have Brooklyn Decker meet Andy Roddick on the plane in the end that they just don't, but it would give her at least something to do if there was someone around her age that she actually wanted to fuck. But instead it's Nick Swartzen who no one wants to fuck in this movie. Yeah, absolutely not. He's so annoying. Um, So they all go to Hawaii and I guess it's weird. Like on one hand, Hawaii is when this movie gets extra ridiculous but at the same time it's when you kind of start to get to know jennifer aniston and adam sandler a little better um so yeah they get to hawaii and there's you know all of these kinds of events like touristy things they do and there's like a day where jennifer aniston and brooklyn decker get massages um and Basically, Jennifer Aniston's, like, very, very... It's one of those moments in the movie where you realize that Jennifer Aniston's actually in love with Adam Sandler because she's gushing about him and giving her, her, you know, uh, permission or her blessing to Brooklyn Decker. And Brooklyn Decker is kind of asking about, you know, what is he like? What's he into? What kind of gifts does he like? And then Jennifer Aniston is like listing all these really little specific things, you know, like, Oh, he buys the jelly beans and he only eats this flavor, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like once they land in Hawaii as a viewer, you already can predict this, but it's one it's, it's when the movie starts showing you that Jennifer Aniston and, and Adam Sandler have feelings for each other. Yeah. It's like, 
It's interesting. Well, because, like, she's a single mom, so she's dressing most of the time when she comes to work. She's dressing like, okay, I'm here to go to work. I'm not trying to, like, get a man. I'm not trying to get attention. I'm trying to wear, like, the clothes that are going to, like, get me from A to B, which, like, girl, like, I'm not a mother, and I also relate to that so much. Um, So when she starts, like, posing as his, like, ex-wife, she starts like da- she starts like dressing really fancy and she basically takes on the persona of this girl that she went to college with her like frenemy Devlin so she just goes by this name Devlin and I love I love everything about that like I love the commitment I love like taking a bitch that annoys the shit out of you and just like playing her like as a joke but in like a safe way because she's not there Oh, yeah, no, I love the whole Devlin storyline. I thought that was super funny, and Jennifer Aniston crushes that. Yeah, she's she's so good, like, and, and so when they're, but then they're, like, out there in Hawaii, and she's, like, doing the whole thing, and she's, like, playing the whole role and everything, and then the actual Devlin shows up, played by Nicole Kidman. Honestly. Now, I was... <laughs> incredible like absolute chef's kiss like i she everything about it i love it it's perfect like i knew that nicole kidman showed up in this movie like because i remember reading negative reviews of this movie and it was just like a bunch of shitting on the movie and then being like and nicole kidman is here for some reason and like those reviews really undersold it she is amazing it's so funny and i while i was watching it i was just happy to see her have fun because she's such an incredible actress and I I like seeing her get to be silly I like seeing her get to play comedic because she's such a good dramatic actress but I think people can miss the fact that she really does have the range she's funny as hell like she's so fucking funny I love her and she okay and she's married to Dave Matthews (laughs) Dave Matthews is in this it's so Dave yeah, Matthews was like a huge I mean, deal and, at my and high her, school. Her Everyone to loved Dave him. Like, teachers, like a whole bit like, where like students, like, teachers and students would be talking about Dave Matthews together. Like I remember coming into class one day, and, like in my in my like English class or something, and the teacher and my classmates were like, "Did you see Dave last night?" And everybody was just talking about we just saw Dave, and I didn't know who the fuck they were talking about. And then I had to like ask a white person like who who, and they were like Dave Matthews. You know, you don't listen to Dave Matthews. Didn't you know that he played here like last night? I was like, what? I love that. <laughs> yeah, my school in Georgia, loving of Dave Matthews band. And Dave Matthews is really fun in this. He is. I mean, he actually, like, for, I don't know if he does now, but for a while, one of his kids went to school in Seattle with my nephew. Um, and he was just, like, a nice guy. <laughs> just, like, a nice dad. <laughs> like, you know, my sister was like, yeah, he's... You know, he's just a guy. Like, he just feels like a guy. It's nice. Um, Yeah, he's just, like, chilling. He's just, like, a regular... He's just, like, a regular dude. And when, like, you see, like... So, him and Adam Sandler and Nicole Kidman and Jennifer Aniston hang out. And it's, like, these... When they when they're both doing like the hula competition together and it's the part with the coconut, I was just like, these look like identical couples from a distance. (laughs) Yes, totally. 
Yeah. And, and like, Dave, yeah, Dave Matthews and Nicole Kidman, they have this whole thing where every time one of them leaves the table, they say everything they love about the other person. And it's so ridiculous. It's such a, it's such a good bit, just kind of lampooning, um, like annoying couples where like right before leaving the table, like she'll look intensely at him and be like brave, enterprising, handsome. And then they'll like kiss. (laughs) Um, yeah, these people are fucking unbearable, but they're unbearable in a way that I totally understand. And later on when they reveal like that, they're getting divorced. I'm just like, of course, because they're trying so fucking hard right now. Yeah. And Dave Bathy's character is gay. So like, um, yeah, so they were never going to stay together. Dave, oh yeah, his character, like, it's so funny because, like, it's it, it didn't feel like, he wasn't like, uh, like a, because they make fun of gay people a lot in Happy Madison movies, but in terms of, like, Dave Matthews, he just seemed like a regular gay guy, which I appreciate. Yeah, no, it wasn't, the joke wasn't like, oh, he's gay, obviously, like, you didn't know, uh, but then when you find out, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. And so it was nice that that wasn't the joke. The joke was really that they were obnoxious as a couple and it was obvious something was up. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hawaii is just like a whole bunch of shenanigans going on. And it's kind of like the whole time, um, I feel like Brooklyn Decker and Adam Sandler don't actually spend that much time together in Hawaii. Yeah, he tries to spend time alone with her, but she's just like very chill about not doing that. She's like, no, I want to spend time with your whole family. And it's so weird, you know? Okay, now I'm starting to get a read on her. What if it's just that, like, it seems like she just, like, doesn't have any friends and, like, doesn't have anybody to hang out with? Because she just seems happy to be there, and she doesn't really seem to care who she's with while she's there. Yeah, it feels a lot more like she wants a family than, like, a husband. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it makes me feel, like, bad for her. Like, I just want her to be okay. (laughs) Yeah, I feel bad for her in multiple ways because I feel bad for her as a person being cast in this very underwritten role and, like, objectified so intensely. And then also just her character just being there while everything happens around her. Um, Yeah, there's, I mean, so Adam Sandler and... Basically, because the real Devlin is there and Jennifer Aniston has been using the name Devlin, um, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston have to make this whole plan to go to dinner with the real Devlin, but not have Brooklyn Decker there because Brooklyn Deckler, Decker will be like, whoa, two Devlins. Um, so there's this whole night where Brooklyn Decker is hanging out with Nick Swartzen Um and that's really a non-starter. Like there's, I mean, there's like a whole thing that happens there, but it's not really that interesting. It's just kind of like getting them out of the way. Okay. Yeah. Cause he pretends to be like some kind of like sheep herder or whatever. And it's basically just like the Seinfeld bit where like, uh, where um, Costanza's like, I'm a marine biologist. And then he, and then he actually ends up like having to use that. And, like, exactly. <laughs> It's basically that. Yeah, exactly. They're at a restaurant and then there's like actual livestock there and a sheep gets sick. Um, And so then like Brooklyn Decker's like, oh my gosh, he totally works with sheep. He can help. Um, Which I do. I I do. It's so funny that she believes him. This poor baby, this woman is not okay. (laughs) 
I know. I know. And yeah. So like there's this whole couple, like during the couple's night, um, Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler have like moments where there's this moment where Nicole Kidman and Dave Matthews are like, okay, you try. Why don't you tell each other what you like about each other? And that's like another one of the moments in the movie where they're forced to reveal their feelings. Right. Because when they're saying the things they like about each other, it gets tender. It gets real. Oh my God. That scene is kind (laughs) of hot. Like them just like looking at it, looking into each other's eyes and like complimenting each other. I was like, y'all want to fuck. Oh yeah. No, it's very foreplay. This is definitely emotional foreplay. I'm I am so into them together. <laughs> I I was so it's so rare that I watch a movie and I'm just like I want them to fuck and like I wanted them to fuck. I really did. Yeah, I was really surprised by how well I thought Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler go together. And if it was a better movie, then imagine like imagine what could happen then. Well, because like the thing is, is that like Adam Sandler does this thing where he's always like pairing himself with like incredibly cute women kind of like to like kind of like temper like his like kind of like acidicness or the acidic tone of his films and like Jennifer Aniston seems like a woman who has lived in a way that like Drew Barrymore doesn't <laughs> like Drew Barrymore is interesting because like she really has lived but on screen she's just so adorable and it's so hard to she not so see Drew Barrymore as adorable yeah, I totally agree. Where like like Jennifer Aniston, who has probably had like a much easier life than Drew Barrymore, just looks so pissed off so often, and that's so relatable. Her looking pissed off. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Awesome. And that's why she's so much better in this than Along Came Polly because I don't believe Jennifer Aniston as an optimist. I believe Jennifer Aniston as pissed the fuck off. Yeah, I believe Jennifer Aniston is like the. The divorced mother who is like super smart and funny and doesn't really have time and like will tell you the truth and will be a good friend, but like doesn't have time for fairy tales. The Jennifer Aniston that wants People magazine to stop asking her when she's gonna get married. (laughs) That's the Jennifer that we get here, and that's the Jennifer that we deserve. It really is. Like it's so it's weird because like it's a bad movie, but like they're so good together and I am so happy when they get married at the end. Yeah. I mean, it's like they, it's kind of, it's also just like Brooklyn Decker just because she's never really fleshed out. It's like, she just kind of falls away. It's like, that's not even a thing somehow. Like by the end of the movie, when Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler end up together, it's kind of like Brooklyn Decker is fine. She was never really that into him. Um, yeah. Yeah. They yeah, really- she wants to marry him, but then she gets over it so quickly. Yeah, it, which which does make it very obvious that it wasn't really about him. It was about something else. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie, it's not good. And the first hour is very cringy. I mean, the second hour has a lot of cringe, too. There's a lot of cringe because it is a Happy Madison film. And there's a lot of cringe in most of these. Um, but... Nicole Kidman and Dave Matthews are very funny. Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler are great when when it's mostly them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't tell people to watch this because I think if somebody watched it, they'd be like, what the fuck did you just have me watch? Um, but it's def- there's definitely a lot more to talk about here than The Wrong Missy, which was 
just like a knife going into my soul. So I watched all of the wrong Missy. And just so that like I can get my money's worth, even though I did not pay for it, I did pay for it with my time. Mm -hmm. Um, The Wrong Missy is essentially a movie where a middle-aged man goes out with a 30-year-old girl who is very clearly an improv comedian. Like, her character is not an improv comedian, but everything that she does is, like, and everything that she does is, like, please come see my show at The Pit. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, The Pit. It is The The pit. Pit. She's so The Pit. Like, oh, my God. Like, I used to go to Magnet, but I don't go to Magnet anymore. Like, this bitch... Yeah, no, she she has such improv energy and not in a good way. <laughs> and it's so weird. That movie is so weird because, like, he meets a woman that is also middle-aged like him that he has things in common with, and he instead decides to be with the woman who is 20 years younger than him that, like, basically sexually harasses him throughout the entire movie. And he's like, you know what? I think I, like, at the end, he's basically like, you know what? I like I like being straddled and harassed. And I like having sex that's, like, so painful that I can't walk the next day. I actually really like, like, being in constant pain. <laughs> I think the interesting thing about that is, like, seeing that, flipped where there's so many movies where women are like I guess I do like this psycho guy and and when when it's flipped it's almost more obvious how absurd that is because you don't see it flipped as often (laughs) she is okay she like she like Lauren Lapkus is 34 years old when this movie is made (laughs) and and David Spade is 56 and it just looks like his like very annoying tall daughter is like going out with him it's he looks so old and it's not that he just looks he also looks so tired the entire time well yeah because like uh lauren lapkiss also just like looks younger than she is so there's that too where she she looks like a little she looks like a tall baby yeah she just has like a baby face and like the things that make her funny and like the ways that she uses her facial expressions make her feel even younger and so then contrasting that with david spade's just kind of like hair in the middle of his face exhaustion um it makes the age gap even more pronounced yeah, I mean the shit is the shit is wild, and also like if you, also Jackie Sandler is like a main character in that movie. So it's so many like scenes of her trying to act, and like it reminds me of like the Kim Kardashian scenes in Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor, where like Kim Kardashian walks into the room, she hits her mark, she walks out of the room, and like that is Jackie Sandler. She comes in, she hits her mark, she turns around, she walks out of the frame. It's just like. it's not really how acting works like it's like yes you're supposed to hit your mark but i shouldn't be able to notice that you are specifically trying to hit your mark in this scene right i shouldn't know that your line has just finished like it should not feel like okay you have finished your line (laughs) and poor poor jackie poor david spade also it's so funny because like david spade although like i would never like want to fuck david spade i would have no interest in david spade at all he is known for like 
being with hot women, he's been known for that, like, his entire career. Like, hot women just love him for some reason. So seeing him having trouble dating just seems, like, unrealistic to me, <laughs> too. Yeah, that's funny, Jordan. I did not know that about him. Um, I, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a pretty, like, notorious playboy, but it's, like, it's weird. Nobody has any bad stories about him. It's just, like, very hot women that are taller than him left him for some reason. So I'm guessing that he just has, like, a really nice dick. Yeah, he's probably just good in bed. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, like, a lot of comedians are very different than their roles or than their persona. So he might just be really chill and good in bed and and, like, that's that. Yeah, it, it's probably that. Like, I don't know. Comedians are weird. When I figured out that, like, m- m- that Martin Short, like, that dated, um, uh, he dated, uh, God, who am I? <laughs> he dated Gilda Radner. And, like, in the documentary, Martin Short talks about dating her. And it's, like, a different person. It's so strange. <laughs> Just, like, the way that he talks and the way that he feels the way that he talks about her, the way that he feels like he just seems like Martin Short seems like a chill guy to date. And I never expected that. Yeah. I've Martin Short is also a guy who I've just only heard good things. I was reading some interviews with Catherine O'Hara and she just spoke of him. Like just like the best dude, just the best dude to be friends with. And I was like, Oh, Oh, that's good. Yeah. I know. Like, I mean, David Spade has said a lot of stupid shit, but like, he's fine. Like, I don't hate David Spade. I actually was really into just shoot me. Um, <laughs> I watched that a lot as a teen. That was my, how I met your mother. So, yeah, I mean, definitely don't watch the wrong Missy. You could watch, just go with it. Like, it's fine. Like, it's not, it's not gonna like the way that people talked about this movie i thought that it was gonna be way worse than it was it's really like actually like a, if if you shaved like it's because it's two hours long if you shaved like 30 minutes off just go with it, it would be like a solid rom-com it's just too long yeah it's too long i think you could cut off yeah you could just trim a lot of it down um, and, and yeah i mean there's just gonna be jokes in there that are cringy and like kind of predictable but that is what it is. It's also 10 years old now. So, you know, comedy doesn't age well most of the time. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. But yeah, sure. You can watch it. <laughs> this is a, this is a more positive episode than I thought it was going to be, but like, I didn't hate the movie. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. And like, I had watched the wrong Missy already. Well, I was going to say, I watched um, about an hour of the wrong Missy. I didn't watch all of the wrong Missy. And I definitely think watching part of The Wrong Missy before this was good because it made me enjoy this much more than if I had watched something really good before it. Um, But you having watched all of The Wrong Missy, this must have been like a fresh glass of water. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was it was beautiful. It was was really I had a really great time. So, yeah. That's it. I'm done. Well, I'm dirty. Yeah. And, Jordan, and I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And um, our theme song is by Clutch Douglas. And you can find us on all of the things. You can leave us stars. You can, um, you know, be nice to yourself, please. Yeah. And next month we're doing like I like I plan to do all requests, but I also want to go ahead and just do the heartbreak kid because I feel like I've mentioned it enough times to where. I want to stop referencing it and just do the fucking episode. So we're going to do requests and the heartbreak kid. We haven't, we know that there are requests from our Patreon and we love you. And we promise that we're actually going to get to them. 
Um, yes. And I love you all. I'm Ron yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Much love. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Uh, yeah. Back it up, back it up.